Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Thursday afternoon. I say good. It's ugly and rainy and gross outside, but nevertheless, good Thursday afternoon to you at Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming live at supertalk.fm. Michael Borky and Brian Scott Rippey with you for now. Brian Haydad will join us here in a little bit. Richard's off today. He'll be off tomorrow as well, but he'll be back on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. That's right, we are not taking any time off to celebrate or bring in the new year. We're doing shows both of those days. We've got, of course, Mississippi State's bowl game on New Year's Day. That game starts at 11 o'clock, so basically right after it ends, we will be live and ready to go for a full reaction show. Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. So let's start with the weather because at least earlier today, it was a little bit scarier than it is right now. There are still some warnings out there we're going to tell you about uh, but for right now, it seems like everything across the state has calmed down despite some scary uh, tornado threats. I think the sirens went off at least a little bit in my neck of the woods here in central Mississippi, and uh, you saw the same thing today. Yeah, a couple of flood warnings, but um, I was driving down the interstate earlier today, and like you could feel the wind you know, kind of not moving the car, but you know the feeling you get when it's real windy driving down the oh, road. Yeah. So it was a little freaky, but it looks to be not as bad now as maybe it was a little while ago. Yeah, I've scoured the internet. I have not seen anything as far as like a confirmed touchdown of a tornado or anything. But as of right now, until 6 o'clock, there is a tornado watch. So not not the warning, not the big stuff, but still a tornado watch in multiple counties in central and south Mississippi. We're talking just south of Jackson, just east of Jackson, basically all the way down to the coast. So we're talking just south of Forest into uh, West Hattiesburg, uh, down through Macomb, uh, into Louisiana as well. And that storm is moving uh, northeast. So if you're in Hattiesburg or something, just be ready. It's just a watch for right now, and that will expire as we get off air at 6 o'clock. So in that part of the state, central to south Mississippi, and the Anywhere Macomb and over, really, you still need to be on alert. Nothing serious right now, but the war or the watches exist for a reason. So just be diligent if you're in that part of the state. Keep your eyes out. Make sure uh, uh, you have a safe place to go to in case these storms uh, pick up and become more severe than they are right now. You know what else was nasty? That football game last night. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Give me me one second. Let me get through these. So there's uh, flash flood advisories basically all across the state. Uh, Pretty much anywhere you are in the state of Mississippi, unless you're in the Delta. The rain has cleared the Delta. Everywhere else it's raining right now. And you've got flash flood warnings all across the state. Uh, Just if you're on the road, be mindful. You see puddles, don't speed through them. That kind of thing. 
Um, just be careful because it's going to rain like crazy for the next few hours and nobody except for the Delta at this point is safe anymore. And we get a text already headed to Starkville. Nothing touches down here. I, I imagine he's missing a word or two there. Hopefully nothing touches down there. Uh, we will keep you updated throughout the show if there's anything uh, beyond this uh, to keep an eye on. If these watches extend to warnings, uh, we will get right on that for you. We've got our news team uh, one door down here uh, that will come in and help us uh, just in case anything pops up across the state. But yeah, let's do <laughs> that football game last night. Did you, you watched it, I assume. Yes, I'm sorry. I jumped the gun a little bit, but I just I just couldn't wait to dig into it. Because at certain points watching it, it was almost just... It, it was almost like... didn't It seemed surreal. Like, there was a stretch, what, they turned it over maybe four times in a row? Something like... Somewhere in the first quarter, it was either three or four consecutive turnovers in a span of about two and a half minutes. Have you ever seen the movie The Room? Yes, I think. So last night's football game was like the movie The Room. Because it was so bad and so poorly executed and cringeworthy and awful that it it almost makes it really good. That game was so bad it was fun to watch. Just like The Room. The Room is so painful and so awkward and so bad you can enjoy watching it for an hour and a half. That was that football game last night. And it just, it was, it exceeded bad. I mean, you had turnovers, you had TCU, TCU punted on, on what was it, fourth and an inch? Less than an inch? Did you see yeah. that in the second uh-huh. half? Like, it was, the nose of the football was about a centimeter away from the unofficial yellow line, and they brought out the punt unit. They had a potential game-winning field goal. Couldn't even decide who was going to kick the field goal. They were playing kicker roulette right before, you know, the guy was supposed to kick the ball. It was... It was quite something, but it was entertaining. It, it was entertaining. So he, I'm just going to run through some of the box score stats for you, okay? TCU's quarterback was 7 of 20 for 27 yards and four interceptions. Cal's quarterback, even though his completion percentage was much better, was 12 of 19 for just 93 yards and three touchdowns. The backup came in for a little while, was 5 of 14 for 71 yards and two interceptions as well. On top of that, You had just five punts, if I'm counting this correctly. Yes, three plus two equals five. Just five punts in the games. No, gosh, that's punt returns. 17 punts in the game. That seems a little more like it. Yeah, I was misreading the box score here. 17 punts in the game. The final score was an overtime 10-7 to thriller. So... You mentioned TCU's quarterback stat line. 7 of 20 for 27 yards. 7 of 20 for 27 yards and 4 interceptions. So, I am 5'6". I'm probably 145 pounds if you put some gravel in my pants. Do you think I could have thrown for 27 yards in that game if I was given 20 shots? He had 20 attempts. If they alter the play calling, yeah. Little dump passes and screens and stuff like that. Might be 19 interceptions, but I'm going to hit one deep ball. <laughs> Adam tweets in and says, By the start of the second quarter, I was hoping hoping for a lightning weather <laughs> so that bowl could have been canceled too. <laughs> it was so bad, it was kind of beautiful. And then, even in the overtime, 
the Cal quarterback throws that awful interception where you're thinking in a game like that, right? Like, if you get any kind of points at all on this, you're going to have a pretty good shot given the ineptitude of the other offense. You almost have a pick six that wouldn't have counted anyway because a guy in a suit. Did you see that? A guy in a suit. It, w- it Wasn't it the SID? I don't know. It was. I, some, think it, I think it was the SID. That would make sense. So you had a sideline interference on a communications director that almost negated a pick six. He got tackled. But then they got a, the penalty backed them up to start the second part of the overtime at the 40. So they put themselves <laughs> out of field goal range to start overtime. My favorite part of the game... I'm not even. I, I don't remember how they pronounced the TCU quarterback's last name. Was it Mulestein? Mulestein? Uh, Doesn't matter. He was more awful. accurate than he was throwing. I mean, we'll never have to say his name ever again. But he had to come out of the game for a second. TCU brought in their their freshman backup, a kid from Louisiana, for whatever that's worth. And the sideline reporter chimes in and says, "By the way, Rogers is his last name. Doesn't have full use of his foot." And then just ended the, the sideline report. Just left it completely open-ended. By the way, guys, this person can't use their foot. And now they're playing quarterback in this game. And just the fact that it was a, the Cheez-It Bowl, it's just so perfect. <laughs> they expect that Rodgers kid, by the way, the backup, that, can, that can't use his foot. Uh, they expect him to be pretty good. He's a, a 6'4 freshman big kid from Bossier City, Louisiana. They expect him to be good down the road, but... Only took one snap in their bowl game last night. Yeah, I imagine he's going to need both feet in the future. <laughs> Isn't that just... That, that was the perfect antidote for that game. I was at a friend's house, and we were playing a card game and like kind of somewhat keeping up. And as soon as they said that report, everybody's ears just shot up. Like, did we really just hear that? Because it stopped right there. Yeah, so it like, just ended it there. <laughs> we do have more bowl games today. Duke is, uh, after an early struggle with Temple, is now beating the brakes off of Temple in the third quarter. That's a, I just lost a score, 42-27 to 27 score uh, there for that game. We, we got a lot coming up today. Lee Sterling's going to join us here in about five minutes with his picks for the bowl games uh, and uh, upcoming stuff in the NFL this weekend. A really bad column on Yahoo that painted Notre Dame as an underdog. We'll digest that next. Brandon, Mississippi's own Demario Davis is breaking the NFL record. I'll tell you what that is coming up later on in the show. Alabama should be in NCAA trouble. They are in NCAA trouble, but I'll tell you why it's not going to go anywhere beyond what it's gone right now, which is nowhere. Baker Mayfield has a message for the, the critics and the haters, so to speak. We'll look at the NFL playoff picture and give our Super Bowl favorites going into the final week of the season. A whole lot more coming your way this afternoon with me, Michael Borky, and Brian Scott Rippey. Hey, Dad, of course, will join us a little bit later on in the show. But right now, we'll, we'll talk to Lee Sterling, get his picks for select bowl games and, and NFL stuff coming up this weekend. That's next. It's Sports Talk in the Renaissance Bank Studio. A little relationship advice for you. Find you somebody that loves you the same way David Cutcliffe loves the Independence Bowl. They're now beating Temple 56-27 to in the fourth, cruising to another Independence Bowl victory for David Cutcliffe. That would be a cool 42 unanswered after trailing 27-14. to It's incredible. He just belongs there. It's his happy place. Good for him, though. I mean... In the 99 years prior to his arrival at Duke, they went to eight bowl games. 
He's now been to six of seven. That's a perfect job for him. Absolutely. No pressure. There, there's a bigger fish in the basketball pond just across the street. They've renovated the heck out of the stadium. It looks nice now. They still can't fill it up, but it doesn't matter. No pressure, no expectations, and you can casually win. And he's a good football coach. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey with you. Yeah, there is football going on right now. It is uh, the fourth quarter in the Walk-Ons. They have a new sponsor. It's a bar and restaurant chain, I believe. The Walk-Ons Independence Bowl. Duke is rolling in that game. Uh, So they will seal that victory. Miami and Wisconsin coming up from the Bronx, from Yankee Stadium. Uh, here in about uh, 35 minutes from right now. And then you have Baylor and Vanderbilt from NRG Stadium in Houston tonight. Tomorrow's games, for whatever that may be worth to you, or Purdue and Auburn is the the 12:30, the early kick tomorrow uh, in Nashville. You've got West Virginia and Syracuse. Could be an entertaining game. No Will Greer, but uh, doesn't matter. It's um, still should be entertaining to surprise teams this year maybe Syracuse especially and then the nightcap tomorrow is Iowa State and Washington State from San Antonio so a good slate of games tomorrow a couple good games coming up later on today it is bowl season now you've got 22 games in the next six days in college football it's kind of like a like a strong push to the finish line it's a good time of year is there Will you find a starker contrast in how two programs currently view their head coach than Purdue and Auburn? I mean, Auburn, Auburn almost paid a $40 million buyout a year after they gave it to him. I, that is the biggest mystery contract extension in the history of contract extensions. I can't think of something after a four-loss season more egregious than Gus Malzahn's contract. That has to be the most him beating Georgia and Alabama at towards the end of last year and then going to the SEC title game and earning that money. That has to be the most lucrative month any college coach has ever had. Yeah. I mean it was it was a four week stretch, right? Three or four weeks, somewhere like that. Got hot towards the end. And it turns out beating Georgia and beating Alabama was completely meaningless because obviously they met in the national championship. Yeah, It'd be different, and it'd be the same way here in Mississippi. It'd be different if Alabama wasn't what Alabama is right now. People would be thrilled with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan if he didn't lose to Ohio State every year. But he's a GOAT. Not the GOAT, a GOAT. Because he can't beat one team. Gus Malzahn, even though his teams have underachieved, it's because Nick Saban's so dominant at Alabama, they want to pay a $40 million buyout, almost a $40 million buyout, and run him out of town. There's so many different ways to view him, because if you think about I don't necessarily think he's that good of a football coach, but there's pro- you're probably not going to hire anybody that beats Alabama more frequently at that job currently nope. than, than they not are. Not a chance. Yet he has that, they, what, they went to one national title game, won an SEC championship, but every other season, if I'm not mistaken, has ended in four losses, something like that. Very interesting tenure yeah I think um, Nick Marshall I've used this comparison on the show before Nick Marshall to Gus Malzahn is Cam Newton to Gene Chizik Gene Chizik only won with Cam Newton Gus Malzahn only won with Nick Marshall 
they haven't had a dynamic quarterback since, really. No. I mean, Stidham had, was good towards the end of last year, but that appears to now be the kind of the outlier and not the rule, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the, given his whole sample size now. Right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That's tomorrow. Program's going in just opposite directions right now. Purdue is on the up and up, and everybody wants their coach, and they're investing a bunch of money into the program, and Auburn wants to raise $40 million to get literally anybody else besides Gus Malzahn. It's a wild dynamic we have in the SEC. But back to a conversation we had a little bit ago. Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports, he's on the show regularly, gives uh, his picks and you can visit his website, ParamountSports.com, and, and get more of his picks and can help you uh, next time you're at the sports book, any of the sports books here in the state. But he said something about players skipping bowl games. It's a, it's a topic that a lot of people have passionate opinions on. For me, for whatever it's worth, I think that a kid skipping a bowl game is okay because they're doing it to preserve their bodies to make life-altering money. I would like to see them play, but I understand why they don't. If they can find a way, and maybe they can already do this, and if you have any feedback, text us, 601-879-4395. An insurance policy that you can provide players or allow them to receive somehow to play in bowl games and still, if they get injured, have the opportunity to be paid what they were projected in the NFL draft. For example, if a guy's a second-round draft grade and that's worth $17 million, he can take an insurance policy out to play in that bowl game and if he gets a serious injury, can collect on that insurance policy. So it will keep the players in the games but also give them the money that they're due if they arrive at the draft safely. Yeah, I like that idea, and it's 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 interesting because I don't I like I would never blame one of those kids for sitting out because there's so much money awaiting them, but at the same time, have there been? I don't want to say any. Have there been any stories to where it's dramatically affected anyone? Because the one everyone points to is Jalen Smith at Notre Dame. Jake Butt at Michigan, I think, got hurt in a bowl game. How much of a how? high of a prospect. A couple rounds, few rounds, I think. Okay. But see, Jalen Smith still gets drafted in 34th overall, barely in the second round, $6 million rookie contract with the Cowboys. Like, he's still doing fine. And I'm not against them doing it, because it's understandable. But I, I guess there's, I don't know, it, it, it's diffi- more difficult to make the argument, I guess, when there's not as much of a sample size of it really costing anyone. Right, and it doesn't happen all that often. Jake Butt, by the way, uh, was a fifth-round pick after tearing his ACL... In, their, um, in the Orange Bowl in 2016, he was projected a, a first or a second rounder. Okay, so, that's, so a, that's a tight end, right? From Michigan a couple years ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that, and, that and is here's a, good question, that's a fair example. Uh, from the 662, who pays for the policy? Yeah, I mean, you do that through insurance companies, right? But either allow the schools to, to do so or maybe even the NCAA. Because the NCAA operates at a $100 million plus operating surplus. That's how much money they have left over after paying everything else, and that includes about $300 million in legal fees last year. The NCAA could back the policy. The schools, if they choose, could back the policy. Maybe give them the option. If Will Greer, 
wanted to play in the bowl game. He's not, by the way. Give West Virginia the opportunity to back that insurance policy. In in specific cases, talking about postseason play, bowl games or playoff games, or conference championship games for that matter if you want to, but make it specific. A draft-eligible player that is declared for the draft or is a senior out of eligibility playing in a postseason game with an insurance policy backed by the school or the NCAA that is based on a draft grade they receive, that all the players receive from the NFL. It would eliminate the incentive to, air quotes, quit on your team. It couldn't be that expensive either, because it's when it, it seems it's so like rare. a lot of people, but it's really not a big group. It's not a big group of guys. I mean, what is it? You figure it's 10, 15 players a year? Maybe a little more than that. Yeah, see, and people are calling this an ep- epidemic, but so far, off the top of my head, I can think of, what, 15 guys that, that have declared, that have decided to not play in their bowl game? It's a very select few players. What was it? You may have shared this. I think it came across my Twitter a couple or about a week or so ago. Someone called that a disturbing trend. Yeah, it was a disturbing oh. trend. It's not even really a trend if it's that many players, is no. it? No, and that's the same thing with one and done in college basketball. There's only a handful of guys that, that can leave high school and go straight to the NBA. There's only a handful of guys that will declare early and skip their bowl game. Although I bet more would do it if the insurance policy were available. Got a couple texts coming in. We'll get to those next. Continue on this subject as well. Speaking of declaring for the NFL, a subject we promised you yesterday but ran out of time, uh, an Ole Miss player, kind of unexpected, uh, has declared for the NFL draft. We'll we'll break that down next as well as uh, get to Sam and Starkville's text. And if you want to be like Sam, 601-879-4395. More after this. Sometimes the timing is just too good. We were just discussing, if you're just now tuning in with us, that maybe these players that are skipping bowl games should be allowed to have an insurance policy of some kind to incentivize them staying with their team and playing in the game and also protecting them in case they do get hurt. Right after we go to commercial break, another player decides he's going to skip the bowl game. DeAndre Baker, a cornerback, the number 19 overall prospect in this upcoming NFL draft, uh, will skip the Sugar Bowl against Texas. He was supposed to play. He even said he was going to play uh, a few weeks ago. He said, quote, I'm playing in the Sugar Bowl. Just want to finish it right with my teammates, end quote. But Uh, Plans have since changed. I imagine an agent got in his ear and told him to not play in the game, and he has decided against doing so. So what do you think? Should these players be protected by some kind of insurance policy? Let us know. 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. But C Spire, especially on a day like today where the weather is nasty, reminds you, please don't text and drive. There are plenty of other ways that you can send a text message to us without doing so while you're driving. So please exercise caution while you're doing that today, but we would love for you to be a part of the show. On that note, we did get a text from uh, Sam in Starkville, and he's asking about uh, the boost a program can get by the marquee player playing in the bowl game because they love their teammates in their university. That's certainly a selling point, but 
I guess they have to decide whether or not selling that outweighs selling the first-round draft pick thing. Because based on conversations I've had and, and people I've talked to, and I played on a high school team that had five guys go Division One. so talking to them, of course I wasn't one of them. Uh, the coaches, when they came to, to scout all the other players, would point at me and say I had good size, but then they would watch me run and then quickly X me off the list of guys that they were looking at any further. The appeal to get to the NFL, generally speaking, is recruits' number one thing. The elite-level prospects want to go to the NFL first. Then they want to win and win titles and, and stuff like that. But Alabama's selling point beyond the championships is the players in the NFL. I promise you they emphasize that when they go into the meeting rooms with, with these recruits. Is yes, you're a five-star running back. You see what Mark Ingram's doing right now in the NFL? Got a guy in Tennessee that's pretty good too, Derrick Henry. That's their selling point. It's look at what I've done with players in the NFL. Yeah, it's nice to have the rings on. That's number two, but number one is the NFL. And even guys like TJ Yeldon and Kenyon Drake are yeah. you know, playing significant roles in teams' backfield, even if they're not the primary back. For sure. That's a good point, though, Sam. I guess they just have to, to decide what weighs more. Is the this kid wrist injury and wrist money because he loves our team, or we coach this kid and now he's standing there on stage in the first round? Uh, Mark on the res, real quick, uh, I mentioned Demario Davis at the top of the show. Uh, the linebacker for the Saints, he didn't know he was from uh, Mississippi. Yeah, he's from Brandon, Mississippi. Went to Brandon High School. Uh, played at Arkansas State, so an under-recruited guy. There's only one player in the NFL that has 100 tackles, at least 100 tackles, five sacks, 10 quarterback hits this season. It's Demario Davis. He's the only player that did that a year ago as well. So it's remarkable that the two-year stretch run he's had, flying completely under the radar in the NFL He's one of the, the league's elite linebackers. Didn't help that he was in, playing for the Jets a year ago, but Alvin Kamara and, and Mike Thomas and Drew Brees get all the flash for the Saints, but that offseason acquisition was the most important thing that they've done this year. He's an elite linebacker, and he's from right here in our backyard in Brandon, Mississippi. Cool story. It's a great story. Shows you can get to the league in a variety of ways. Richard and Wiggins says it seems that they are turning their backs on the program that got them there. And there's um, definitely some credence to that. But to tell you the truth, it, it appears, at least on the surface, that the team supports their decision. Because the players understand that they want to be in that position as well. And they understand that they've got life-changing money coming. And, and maybe... I'm not inside the, the locker room of West Virginia. Maybe some West Virginia players don't like that Will Greer is skipping out on them, but on the surface and in public, they understand. At least that's what they're saying to people. Whether or not it's true, I guess uh, we will have to find out. J.P. Imponitok says, if you're a defensive tackle leaving high school right now, how do you not go learn from Brian Baker at State right now? Look at what his guys are doing in the NFL. That's the selling point. You're exactly right, JP. That is what they do. They sell the NFL first above anything else when they're recruiting elite-level prospects, for sure. 
And we get a final text here that says, no I in team. Yeah, fair enough. There's an I in millions. Yes. <laughs> I think there's two. Yeah, I think there's a couple. I, I said millions. Four o'clock hour coming up next. Apparently, according to Yahoo, Notre Dame is an underdog in the upcoming college football playoff. We'll digest this ridiculous column next at Sports Talk in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Along on this Thursday afternoon at Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming live at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey with you this afternoon. If, if you're just now getting in your car, we give you an update at the top of the show. There is still some warnings and stuff across the state that you need to pay attention to. As of right now, Although the severe stuff seems to have gotten itself out of the state, at least from the massive standpoint that it was earlier this afternoon, there are still select tornado watches around the central part of the state, south-central Mississippi, uh, just south of Jackson and east all the way down to about the Louisiana border. You've got tornado watches. Of course, that's that's not the serious stuff, but it's just something to keep an eye on. And pretty much everywhere in the state of Mississippi is under a flash flood warning or watch. So just be careful. There are still uh, some watches and warnings out there, mostly dedicated to flooding. But if you're in the central and southern part of the state, south of Jackson, over towards Hattiesburg, down to the Louisiana border, uh, there are still tornado watches in effect up until about 6 o'clock. So in, in two hours from right now, as we're getting off the air, Uh, That's something just to keep an eye on. Be safe on the roads. There's uh, flooding everywhere in the state. So just drive carefully. I know it's getting dark. Uh, Just uh, be smart, be safe, and uh, we will give you any update if something becomes any more serious than it is right now. But luckily, uh, after a a not a scary earlier weather situation today, but definitely one you needed to be cautious of, seems like everything has died down, but we will keep you updated as we roll along this afternoon. A couple of texts on the previous subject. If you're just joining us, we were talking about the idea for adding maybe an insurance policy of some kind to keep players from skipping bowl games. Maybe that's the incentive uh, to stop them from doing this. Jay in New Albany says, regardless of insurance, it would only cover the first couple of years maybe. Even if the player knows he has insurance, he likely and gets injured of some kind, he likely wouldn't play to his full potential. And one college game is not worth limiting your NFL career. It's a good point. They would have to definitely work around it. It's just an idea in its um, infant stages. I mean, I guess Lee Sterling was the one that brought it to us here on the show. If you missed that, you can catch it on the podcast as well. Um, But I haven't seen it anywhere else. I wonder if maybe it's not possible, but... It's definitely better than the alternative, which is just doing nothing about it. Because college football needs the players to play. Whether you agree or disagree with how the NCAA compensates their players, it doesn't matter. They they want the players to play. But the players want money. That sounds like a good way for them to get both. We get a text here from Jerry that says, if you do it for college players, the next thing you know, high school players will be wanting the same thing. The difference is... High school players are not about to walk into $30, $40, 50000000 million. They are walking into a scholarship. Most of the time, they will still be honored that scholarship to go to college. It's just a little bit different. 
Um, one injury will not decimate your college career, but one injury going from college to the pros could take tens of millions of dollars out of your bank account. So I, I don't know if the slippery slope would apply here. Brian and Clarksdale says, we're just mad because those guys that skip bowl, uh, the bowl games make our picks harder. Fair point. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, Quinn says, there's no I in team, but there's definitely an M and an E. And Richard and Wiggins says, why stop there? Why not sit out your entire senior season? Because you got to put tape together you to become a projected together. draft pick. Yeah, NFL teams want you to play, but they also want you to show up to their facility uninjured. So they need you to play your senior year to make sure that you're what they want, but if it's just one bowl game after a 12-game 12, 12 season, they'll look beyond that. A bowl game is essentially a meaningless It's not exhibition because it counts towards your record, but essentially, it doesn't mean anything. Not in the grand scheme of things. Now that there's a playoff, no. So let's get to this column. I teased it going into the break. We'll do it right now. There's a column on Yahoo. And I guess with the playoffs every year, we've had some kind of underdog. If you remember Michigan State, even though they got smoked by Alabama, was the team that didn't belong. And Ohio State had injuries to two quarterbacks. They were playing the third-string quarterback, so... The underdog Ohio State. Clemson, the team that hasn't won the national championship since 1981, was somehow an underdog. And now we've got a column on Yahoo painting Notre Dame. Yes, Notre Dame as the team that doesn't belong in the college football playoff. I'm not going to read the column for you, but a couple of points that is made in this column. He said, according to Notre Dame's recruiting rankings... They shouldn't be there. Notre Dame, as he notes in the column, ironically, has finished 13th, 11th, 11th, and 13th in the last four years in recruiting. He also says, and I quote, Not just finding players who can gain admittance into university that U.S. News & World Report ranks 18th nationally in terms of academics, but players who can handle an increasingly rigorous course load as they progress through college. There aren't a lot of soft majors available at Notre Dame, which means athletes are expected to do more than simply find ways to stay eligible, end quote. Do you think yours and I's athletic, academic experience at Notre Dame would be identical to the football team? <laughs> Notre Dame students read that and completely rolled their eyes. Nowhere except for maybe the Ivy Leagues and the service academies do the student-athletes have the same academic experience as a regular student. Notre Dame football players do not, if they, if they can't do it, do not have to suffer through increase, increasingly difficult coursework. I'm sure that's Brian Kelly's selling point, too, is the big schools didn't want you, so we'll take you here. Yeah, that, that's how Notre Dame sells their program for sure. It's good to see them cracking through in a world of blue bloods. I don't understand the incentive. One behind the column, because it doesn't make any sense. Notre Dame, again, has recruited the number 11, 13, 13, and 11. I think I got that backwards. I think it's 13, 11, 11, 13. But you get my point. They have, according to recruiting rankings, the 12th best roster in the country, and somehow it's a surprise they make the college football playoff? Also, Brian Kelly's been there nine years. They've had three or more losses in seven of those years, and five losses four of those years. So maybe they're even underachieving in relation to how well they recruit. Mm, Not according to Pat Forty. Not according to Yahoo. But... Think about that for a second. So we've got a college football playoff coming. It is the strongest brand power 
maybe not the strongest brand power, but there is strong brand power in this year's college football playoff. Alabama in the midst of one of the greatest football dynasties of all time. Oklahoma has been a blue blood for a very long time. They have an elite quarterback, a Heisman Trophy quarterback. Clemson, who is now a college football power. Yes, they're new. They're kind of the new shiny millennial toy. But for the last eight years, it's been an elite program in college football. They have a recent national championship. And then Notre Dame, the most historically recognizable program in all of college football. In somehow, some way, they are the underdog that doesn't belong. Why Why are we even trying to paint them as that? I say we. This is the only person I've seen do it. Nobody buys this, right? No, but I don't feel like many people are giving them a chance in the playoff game. And so maybe if they beat Clemson, Forty could kind of give like an aha moment. I don't know. That's my best guess, which is not a good one. I will say this, though. There has never been, ever, in the history of recruiting rankings, a national champion that did not have at least two top ten classes in the four years entering that national championship season. But Notre Dame's not winning the national championship this year. So it doesn't matter. But history says if you don't have two top 10 classes entering your national championship season, or you're not going to win a national championship. Two of your four at least, most of them are three. And at what point, like Alabama destroyed Notre Dame in 2012, I believe it was. It was 2012 or 11. I think it was 12. And what happens if when Clemson blows them out again? Like, at what point do you start looking at them not playing a conference schedule or a traditional schedule and kind of, I guess, see through that? That's a really good point. What, and we'll get into this next. We're out of time here in this segment. Notre Dame went undefeated. I think we all agreed to at least deserve to be in the playoff as it's currently set up. The schedule was competitive enough, yes. It was. But... How is it fair that they cannot play a conference schedule, not play a conference championship game, where Alabama had to play Georgia, by the way. Oklahoma had to play a team that beat them earlier this season. They can just bypass that game and play in the college football playoff. We'll get into that next couple of your texts coming in we'll get to those as well 601-879-4395 that's the ceasefire text line let us know what you think one notre dame's being painted as the underdog apparently because they've recruited on average the number 12 class in the country for the last four years but two should the ncaa the college football playoff somebody step in and change the way they select these teams More on that next. It's Sports Talk in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Back on Sports Talk Thursday afternoon. Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey with you. I've got to correct something. I had a little bit of a blunder there. I said the NCAA should maybe, maybe step in and do something about Notre Dame's not being in a conference and not playing a conference championship game. The thing that's wrong about that is the NCAA has no say on who was selected into the college football playoff. That's uh, my mistake. Just threw that out there. And um, if you were screaming 
in your car at your radio. I, Fake news. I caught myself. Uh, the NCAA does not play a part in the selection process. But I do think, and we get a text here from the 601, Chris and Laurel, says Notre Dame plays ACC teams six a year in their contract. Should be forced to join it. Clemson versus Notre Dame is basically a better ACC championship game than Clemson and Pittsburgh. I agree with that. You know, almost, Pat Forty's column almost makes me agree with him. Notre Dame doesn't belong here. They didn't have to play in a conference championship game. I know Alabama one year won the title without having to do so, but maybe there's something to that. And that was kind of the debate when when the committee was put in this quandary this this year, which I think they faced their toughest decision maybe, maybe since the inaugural year. But if you were talking about the four best football teams despite what happened in the regular season, Notre Dame probably wasn't one of them, but the results have to matter at some point. Yep. Tend to agree there. But last couple of things on this column, he suggests that one, he even numbers them, one, Notre Dame is finding underrated gems. They recruit the number 12 class in the country every year and that they're developing its players better than others once they arrive on campus. Again, there are 11 teams in the country that recruit more talent than Notre Dame. 11. And the difference between number 12 and number 8 is marginal. One player is a 5-star instead of a 4, and there's your difference. This painting of Notre Dame is the talentless underdog is just so, so, so ridiculous. But maybe they don't belong. Because if they didn't have to play a conference championship and Alabama had to play Georgia and Clemson, even though it was down here, had to play an extra game. And Ohio State, even though they didn't make it, had to play an extra game. And Oklahoma had to play a team that beat them. Maybe we should force some kind of championship criteria on the playoff because I don't think it's right that Notre Dame gets to play one fewer game than everybody else by design. Yeah, it's not, like you said earlier, Alabama did it without winning the SEC championship one year, but it's the idea that Notre Dame never is going to have to be they put never have in that to. position. They, the... they make their own schedule. If they win 12 games in that schedule, that's it. That's it. Georgia gets to control three games on their schedule. And if they navigate that schedule, have to go play a team that wins the best division in all of college football to make the playoff. Notre Dame controls all 12 games on their schedule. Well, they used to. Now they control half. They control six. They have a contract with the ACC for the other six. And have no championship game, no additional game, and boom, they're in the playoff. It's not right. And if you told me right now Georgia and Notre Dame were playing in one of these games, I'd take Georgia double-digit points. Yeah, probably not going with the glass slipper in that one. I would take Georgia with ease. <laughs> uh, Gary Meridian says, the Irish played at least two of the three armed uh, service academies every year. Ohio State should be livid. Yep. And the toughest games on Notre Dame's schedule this year were teams that were really down. Florida State was abysmal this year. Southern Cal was awful this year. And those are the two toughest games on their schedule year in and year out. Hmm. Which they can't Hmm. necessarily control, but it kind of just adds to 
the overall point. It does. There needs to be, to your point, the Monday after this was selected, we were at the college corner. Your point was, when we're selecting playoff teams, there should be a defined criteria to make the playoff. The subjectivity, it's fun for debate. And and Barrett Salee of CBS, who's been on the show before and he'll be on the show again, his point is, well, in his business, he's a little biased because so am I. In our business, debate is good. It's good. The subjectivity makes for great content. But I don't think 12 dudes in a room, all with separate rooting interests, should be able to determine the playoff. I don't like the optics of that. So what happens, and can't we all agree this is probably eventually going to eight? I have no idea when, but eventually, yes, right? absolutely. So it's probably going to be five conference champions. It's the only way they go to eight. Right. So where does that incentivize Notre Dame to join a conference so they have more than one way to make the playoff? Yes. They would then join the ACC. That, that would be what they do. Because you can't play your schedule hoping for two at-large bids. You, yeah, because one of them's going to the group of five. Well, there's eight. Five Power Five conferences, one group of five. And then the two at-large. Two I, at I guess large. I was counting But they the may not of... even do that. That's just the scenario we put out. They're definitely, when they go to eight, because it is happening, they are going to eight teams. That seems like the most likely scenario, though, if they go to eight, doesn't it? I mean, it would make the most sense. I, I get this is a sport that doesn't always do the thing that makes the most sense. Probably argue rarely ever, yeah. but just find me another another championship, a team sport championship that is determined based on people in a room deciding who gets to go to it. What if Roger Goodell and a bunch of his buddies just watched a sixteen game schedule and went and, into and a picked room the and picked off picked the playoff? That wouldn't happen though. the The owners collectively would vote him down so fast that his $50 million a year in his private jet would be gone. Yeah, that would never happen in pro sports, but, but it, it would be But it doesn't funny. happen anywhere else. In college, I mean, you have it in college basketball, but there's still a defined criteria. You win your league, and you make the NCAA tournament. Which is the only way for a lot of mid-majors. Yeah. College baseball, yes, there's subjectivity, there's a committee, but if you win your league, you make the tournament. In the, in the NFL, you win your division, you make the playoff. If your record is better than everybody else who didn't win their division, you make the playoff. In the NBA, if you're a top eight, you make the playoff. Major League Baseball, if your record is better than the next guy, you make the playoff over him. Every sport, except for gymnastics in the Olympics and college football, is it entirely subjective? I don't think that is right. It's drama. It's fun. We've had we've gotten tons of content on the show out of it. But I think not morally. That's a little strong. But I, I don't like the optics of it being entirely subjective. I would like some criteria, some official. This is what you have to do to make the playoff criteria. Because at every other level in sport, it's that simple. High school football which most people would agree is backwards, rear end backwards, right? High school sports and the politics involved in it everywhere in the United States is backwards. But if you have a better record, you make the playoffs most of the time. Yeah, I mean... There's a defined criteria. 
Yeah, and that's what you need because it's not like we've said this over and over again, but it's not really a playoff if there's no defined criteria. It's just like a little, what is it, I mean, tournament maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's almost yeah. like an invitational. It is an invitational. That's exactly what it is. Gary Meridian says Notre Dame should have joined the Big Ten years ago. He predicts they will join a newly formed conference that will include USC, Washington, Oregon, Arizona, and a few others from the West so they can dominate. They are not going to join the ACC because they won't dominate. That's Gary and Meridian. We will have more conference realignment. That's coming. And the ACC, I think, needs Notre Dame. They're having a hard time selling their network. People don't want to carry it. Because what do you have? You don't have anything. It'll go well for hoops, I guess, but, you know. the In the regular season? Yeah. People aren't buying hoops. Exactly. And the margin of college football viewing versus college basketball in general is gigantic. Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, what, what are you putting on on a weekly basis when your teams are Clemson? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's not. it really is nothing. And, and that league is good at baseball. The baseball season, that's why the SEC Network, that's not why the SEC Network makes so much money, but that's why it's so great for sports fans, especially here in Mississippi, but the Southeast actually cares about baseball and the access to baseball. And the SEC Network makes it awesome in the spring. Although it's a pretty good league in the ACC, nobody cares about baseball there. So what kind of – that's a good point. What can they sell? Yeah, what do you – like, I mean, your feature game every week is not going to be very good. Hey, Dad, will join us next. Do some NFL playoff stuff. We've got a uh, couple of things in Saints land, some news dropping today. Benjamin Watson is going to hang it up after the playoffs and retire. Great career for the tight end. And a whole lot more coming your way at Sports Talk in the Renaissance Bank Studio. We've got some instant gratification from our buddy Lee Sterling earlier in the show. It's Sports Talk Mississippi, Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey. And now we're joined by Brian Haydad. The Dream Team is with you for the rest of the afternoon. So earlier in the show, if you missed it, we had our buddy Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. And you can get his picks if you would like at ParamountSports.com. Say that Wisconsin was going to beat Miami today. I don't even remember what the spread was, but he picked them to cover that spread. And what, six minutes into the game, Wisconsin has a 14 to nothing lead. So off to a good start for Lee on his picks this weekend. Yeah, I think it was somewhere around the field goal. I think Wisconsin was getting three somewhere around there, I think is what Lee said. I guess that's why he's able to do that, and we're stuck having to do this. Probably so. <laughs> that's the thing about media people, everyone. If you're listening, we, we give picks. I think we did okay this year picking games. I think we're better than the average person. But there's a reason we're in this chair, and people like Bruce Marshall and Lee Sterling are in the chairs that they're in. I went on about an eight-minute rant last night about the under on that Mississippi State-Iowa game, and I just kept saying, not that I'm a gambling expert, I just, <laughs> but I just don't see how they're going to get to 43 points. I don't see it. <laughs> but I am not an expert. I kept saying it over and over again. Yeah, don't send us an invoice from your guy if you follow our picks. Yes, no. no we no. Let the buyer beware on that one. I had somebody do that to me. Really? I think it was week three. I, I just did five picks a day on my own. Like, just I put out on Twitter. 
And on Tuesday of the following week, I went one and four one weekend. It was a bad weekend. And he sent me, uh, in a private direct message on Twitter, sent me a screenshot of my exact picks on his ticket for $1,000 in a parlay at a casino here in Mississippi and said, thanks a lot. And then used yeah. a word that I can't say on the radio. You should have told him you'll give him a year subscription for free to make it up to him. Yeah, go the six-pack route. It's free <laughs> chat for a year. You can text me anytime you want on the C Spire text line, and I'll read them. He came Not back, out loud. I'll just read them. He came back a day later and was like, man, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Like, were you, though? Were you? He was really putting a lot of faith in you, too, if he put all of that in a parlay. Like, well, my first three or four weeks, whatever it was, to that point were really good. I was like 75% going into that weekend, and then I came right back down to earth. But yikes. He stopped following me on Twitter as well, so maybe there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, we were having a conversation earlier. Hey, Dad, I think you were at least tuned into it. Mike from Madison texted in. If you missed it, we were talking about players leaving uh, and not playing in their bowl games, and an idea to curb that, Lee Sterling, of all people, brought it up and suggested maybe an insurance policy to incentivize them playing in the game but protect the dollar value. Mike and Madison texted in, and, and he did so later, which we appreciate because that means he didn't do it while he was driving. Um, and you can do the same, 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. But be like Mike and don't text while you're driving. Wait till you get somewhere safe to do so. He said, there is a scholarship value, educational value for every player. If a player decides on his own against the school's will to sit out a game, then he should be held accountable for the scholarship, basically to pay the money back. Which, if they're good enough, according to Mike, uh, that shouldn't be a problem when they are drafted. I, I guess the schools could technically do that already. Right? Or am I, am I crazy? I don't think they could. I mean, they, the they're, they're not going that, to, but I think they could, right? Because The, the problem with that is it, it sounds too much like a condition of employment. Right. And, and they, that and, is where the NCAA will never go. They will never allow you to refer to the student-athlete as an employee because that opens up a whole new can of worms. Some guys the already other, do this individually, though, right? What's, what, what's that? Insurance policies. Well, yeah, I there mean, are you can examples take out those of insurance it, yeah. policies, but they're never, you know, it's not common. they are laden with, uh, with, 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 with ways out. Like, somebody points to point to Jalen Smith. You know, he got a horrible injury in the bowl game, and he dropped. The fact that he got drafted at all, that insurance policy was null and void. He didn't, get a, he didn't collect a cent out of it. So he lost millions because he probably would have been a top 10 pick, and he fell into the second round. And to, to finalize Mike and Madison's point here, um, the schools, it, on the surface, I mean, it can make the coaches mad as can be, but the schools have universally supported every decision that a player's made to, to not play in the bowl game. It is universally supported. Uh, they don't want to fight it because getting a draft pick for them is a selling point. And also, yeah. if they fight it or if they say that they disagree with it, the negative recruiting that would follow from other schools would be tough to overcome. So they universally support it. Where would the other side of that too be? Well, you know, what happens if I'm a player and they decide to you know cut me? They, you know into the season do i get a refund on anything no no the, the scholarship is just I mean, it, it's just sort of you know somebody made a good point i, I forget where i read it but it, it it doesn't really exist the money sort of goes from one pocket to the other the athletic department pays the university 
it all goes to the same place. Nobody lost any money on that deal. So, And Gary asks if the schools require the students to be enrolled to be eligible to play. Yes, they have to be enrolled as students. They have to take classes. I think it was Matt Leinert uh, famously had his degree but did not want to work towards a graduate degree. But he had to take some kind of class yeah. in order to stay eligible at Southern Cal, so he took ballroom dancing. He had, he had one class. It was a ballroom dancing class for a semester because he had finished his degree in order to stay eligible to play college football. So he was learning how to do, I don't know, the, the shag. What, I don't know ballroom based dancing. Based on what you but, remember of your college catalog, what class would you have taken in that situation? It could have been anything related to that, and I would have forever been a changed man after a semester of that, if that being my only class. <laughs> State offered a class in wine appreciation. Oh, that's you awesome. Tw- you had to be 21 to take the class. I never took it, but I always saw it, where they would teach you, you know, sort of the, the fine art, I guess, you know, like a, like a beginner's course for sommeliers or whatever. That's where I would have gone. So, so not only do, am, I, this is, am I taking this sham class, but the coaches know I'm drinking every day. <laughs> hey, I know there are folks at, at Mississippi State that listen to this show, and some of you have talked to me in passing over the last few years. If there's any way that me, a postgrad, can take that class and that class only, I'm in. Let me see if I can find some more information. But yeah, yeah, if you, if you or, tweeted, if you took this class... Tweet at us or, or text us. Yeah, I would love to hear about that. About it. The next step needs to be some of the defined details. Bourbon distilling or look beer at this, brewing. Look at this. It's it's available. Looking at it under the Center for Continuation Continuing Education. Hundred and twenty nine dollars. Worth it. Uh, the next class is available uh, in ja- there's classes in January, February, and March. Where do where do you where do you have to go to class though? I don't know. Maybe they'll come to me if it's continuing education. If Ole Miss offered that like in winter that. session, like an expedited version of this class, I feel like that could get out of hand. <laughs> you're in there for four hours you're, a day. You're going to learn to appreciate weeks, wine in three weeks. <laughs> oh, man. The next thing they need, though, is bourbon distilling or beer brewing. <laughs> so this and is I'm a old. Mad Dog 2020. This is the blue. <laughs> Check out the nose. It's very sharp and acidic. <laughs> this is how an Edward Scissorhands works with some Mad Dog. <laughs> Exam. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh well. I bet there is like mixology classes though. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah. There's only one cocktail that matters. What's one that? real cocktail that matters. I'm not talking like a screwdriver where you just pour two things in a cup at the same rate and, An old and that's fashioned. It. An old fashioned. Look at that. That's the drink of a man of distinction. I have very little distinction, but I enjoy the drink sometimes. I thought you were going to go with like vodka and your finest Red Bull. <laughs> what, what, what year is that Red Bull? It's 2016. <laughs> Strider in Indianola, a Mississippi State alum, says building on North Farm is where winery is and class was back in 2004 when he was there. Well, there you go. You want to make money? As a college, I know that's all they, they really care about deep down. They, they talk about educating. No, they want to make money. Teach a, a beer brewing class. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. It's yeah. I've got Home a good buddy again. that does it, and it's kind of tedious, but it looks so much fun. And I'm sure there's 
a million different ways you can like oh, yeah. and different things you can make. Like you, you wouldn't. It, it would seem if you got into it, it would seem to hard to get bored with it because of the amount of ways you can go. Right. I mean, one one type of beer, like one wheat, you can put thousands of different things in it and make it taste different ways. You're right. That that would be fun. Somebody, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, teach the class and call me. <laughs> well, the guys from like you know, there's so many local breweries here in this state. You think they could put that together pretty easily? It, it's it's growing. Oh, look at too. this. Here we go. We we just got a tweet. Our, our, yeah, from uh, Christopher Gordon. Craft beers from around the world. Mississippi State is hooking this up, buddy. 125 dollars again from the Center for Continuing Education. Oh. I may actually take this class. Look at that. Tim and McGee says, skip the distilling of bourbon or brewing beer. Go moonshine. There's more money. We're going straight to shine. I like it. <laughs> uh, more coming up. Sports Talk in the Renaissance Bank studio. Drew Brees, we haven't found out if he's playing or not on Sunday, but should he? We'll debate that next in the Renaissance Bank studio. Thanks to our buddy Chris on the Sports Talk Twitter feeds, at Sports Talk Miss, Sports Talk M-I-S-S. I have discovered what personal enrichment classes are, which is something you can apparently take on a college campus. You know, if I ever run into my advisor again, which I don't suspect I will, but if I ever do, I'm going to get really mad if he did not tell me that these existed when I was in school. Eh. I mean... So so this was sent to us by Chris on our Twitter feed, and it was linked to Mississippi State's continuing education program. And under personal enrichment classes, you can learn how to acrylic paint. You can learn how to sew. Uh, Valentine paint date night is even a class listed under personal enrichment. But also wine appreciation and craft beers from around the world. You can even learn how to decorate cookies if you'd like to. Why was this not... I would have taken cookie decorating ten times before I would ever have to do gender studies ever again. I I seriously might enroll in this craft beer class. I would take 70 hours of craft beer class over having to sit in one more gender study session. Eh. I think I could get an A in that one. Uh, so that's there. And by the way, we are not just completely off our rocker. That came up because it was Matt Leinert, I think, at Southern Cal, yeah. took ballroom dancing in order to stay eligible in college. Do what you got to do. I bet if you, I bet if craft beers from around the world had been available at USC, he would have taken that instead. No, knowing what I know of Matt Leinert <laughs> in his life. So I'm going to set this up now. We'll probably have to spend a little bit more time in the next hour talking about it. A little short on time here in this segment, but... We don't know yet for sure if, speaking of the NFL, the New Orleans Saints are going to treat Sunday's game like a preseason game or an exhibition because they can do nothing with a win or a loss on Sunday. They have clinched home field throughout the playoffs. Their seeding, their status will not change with a win or a loss against the Panthers. Most assume that Drew Brees is not going to play in the game to protect the veteran quarterback from injury in what is quite literally a game that means nothing to them. The outcome is completely unnecessary. So two questions. 
we'll give our, our quick takes on it, get some get, uh, listener reaction, and then come back at the top and, and continue on. But number one, should Drew Brees play in the game? Number two, do you think he will? And number three, should they rest everybody? Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas, Cam Jordan. Should they sit everybody and play this game like an exhibition? Or is there something to being rusty after multiple bye weeks? I would play sort of like a preseason game if I could could get away with it. Maybe give the starters a couple of series. You want Breeze to get uh, the 4,000 yards. You want, I mean, I, I know it sounds, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. And if he got hurt, that would be, you would look like an idiot. But you're going to have to take that. You might just roll the dice there. You know, Michael Thomas is leading the league in receptions. He's got a seven reception lead over uh, Zach Ertz. Maybe give him a couple catches just to, just to pad that up a little bit. But maybe just a couple series, and then that's it. I, I wouldn't do much more than that. Because there and then is. As far as oh, sorry, I, go ahead. everybody else, I would, I'd pull him out at that point. I don't think there, I think two weeks. These guys are pros. They're going to practice. They're going to be sharp. I don't. I don't think taking basically two weeks off would, would 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 ruin them. I think there is something though to not playing a down of football for two weeks. Like there's go like you don't want to come out flat. And they could probably get away with it because they're going to be at home in the divisional round. But I think there's a little something to it. Like I, I would agree kind of with Hey Dad. I'd play them a little bit like a preseason game. So you're not going a full two weeks without playing you know, a, a live snap at all. So get them to, to do game week and, and go through practice expecting to play, get the reps, get warmed up, do a couple series, wrap yourself in bubble wrap and enjoy your afternoon on the bench. Is what you guys are... That That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, give them a couple series. Whether you're winning or losing, it doesn't matter. No, no starter plays past the, the end of the first quarter, I would say that. So what do you think about that? Text us, 601-879-4395. You can also tweet at us, at Sports Talk Miss. If you have any thoughts on that, should the Saints play Drew Brees on Sunday? He is just eight yards away from 4,000, which he said earlier this week means absolutely nothing to him. Uh, But should they sit him? Should they play him? And also coming up at the top of the hour, Alabama. Nick Saban kind of snuck this in there during their media opportunities today. The three players that are suspended for what was originally called a violation of team rules. It turns out it's a violation of NCAA rules. That's all we've got. Very little details, but we will get into that next and what it means. Alabama is sitting three players due to some unnamed NCAA violation. Baker Mayfield replied to his haters and a whole lot more coming up in the next hour at Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey with you this afternoon. Stick around right here in the Renaissance Bank studio. Just after 5 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon at Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming live at supertalk.fm. The Dream Team. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you this afternoon. Richard's off. He will be back on Monday as we get ready for Mississippi State and Iowa. We will be live basically the second that game ends. It's an 11 o'clock kickoff, so actually there might be a little wiggle room depending on how much of a defensive struggle we it becomes, and we certainly anticipate one. We will be live right after that. So even though it's New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, full live shows with the whole crew. Hey, Dad will be checking in from Florida, though. Uh, will not be with us here. He's making the trip 
and will give you all the coverage you need from the game there in Tampa. I'm going to pack some shorts, 70s and 80s down there. I can't wait. Lucky you, because it's going to be in the 40s here. Well, I try to tell you, we should have made it a group effort, and we could have all gone to Tampa, but nobody wanted to do that. Uh, But we will be doing live shows on those two days, so no more days off. No more days off for a very, very long time on this show, and we hope you will join us then. Before we get into the college football fixes, which is what we usually do at this time every day, pose the question right before the break, should Drew Brees play at all on Sunday? I kind of lean with you two guys. I think give them a, a series or two. Give the offense as they currently sit a series or two. But other than that, get everybody out, play safe, give Teddy Bridgewater as much reps as he needs. But then Keith comes in on the text line and says he would like to see a healthy dose of Taysom Hill and what he could do in a rhythm, down after down. Not so much where he gets one deep ball that he should have never gotten. Um per game, but when he's actually lining up and playing quarterback. You aren't bitter about that deep ball, are you? It was just the stupidest call I've ever seen. They won the game. I it's know they okay. won the game. It but didn't cost us anything. But you've got a Super Bowl team. That, that's what oh, they, they are good enough to win the Super Bowl. Absolutely, unequivocally, no doubt. And when you do things like that, that's what stops you from winning a Super Bowl. You know who doesn't do that? New England Patriots. They did kind of last year one time, but you're right. Brady and Belichick, their Super Bowl years, they didn't do stuff like that. It's a good point, though, because if he does do that in a playoff game and you turn the ball over when you're, what, they were just inside Pittsburgh territory around the Pittsburgh 40, and you do that in a playoff game when everything's amplified, bad idea. Yeah, that's a problem. I agree with that. So we will discuss more of that, especially after this week. The Saints do play the Panthers on Sunday, but as the the talking point here goes, a game that doesn't really mean much for them unless they just want to win 14 games to win 14 games. Nothing can be gained at all. So knock on wood, if you're a Saints fan listening to this, everybody comes out healthy after this one, uh, regardless of what kind of decision they make. So on to the college football fix. College Football Fix is brought to you by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Now, this story we talked about yesterday didn't have a whole lot of details about it, but we knew that Alabama had suspended three players for what at the time was called a violation of team rules. We have a little bit more clarity on that today. It wasn't really a violation of team rules. It was a violation of NCAA rules, according to, I think it was AL.com that had it first, but Nick Saban... Uh, talked about it today. This is all he said. Those things, talking about NCAA violations that led to their suspension, carry certain consequences, and those players knew the situation. They made poor choices and decisions. Clemson players, remember, failed the drug test. This is according to AL.com and CBS and everybody that the trio of players have been suspended due to unspecified NCAA violations. And their future beyond the Orange Bowl, we'll see. But as of right now, three Alabama players are missing the college football playoff due to a violation of NCAA rules. So my question is this, and I'm halfway joking because we all know the answer, does anything come from this? 
Well, first and foremost, let's applaud Alabama. This is how you get in front of NCAA violations. There won't be any six-year-long process here. They're done. They've wrapped it up. Good job, Alabama. But that said, uh, <laughs> first of all, we've got to know what the violations are, right? I mean, my guess is... We'll never know. I we'll hope never it's know, not anyone I mean, sleeping said, on couches. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's somewhere between that and they took a million dollars. I mean, I, I don't know what it is, but I mean... This is just one of those things that, you know, I, I will say this about Alabama, that in the past they have – think about the Bo Davis situation. That, that didn't go on very long. They got him out of there. So, yeah, I mean, one of the questions here, does anybody do it better than Alabama? I mean, they, they handle it. Now, and you're never going to see – you will never probably again see a big NCAA case against Alabama like you had with the Albert Means situation over a decade ago. But, you know, these little things, they, prop, they pop up. They acted quickly, so I mean, I'm gonna give. I'm actually gonna give Alabama a little credit, believe it or not. I'm not. I'm not being overly. I'm not being completely sarcastic. I guess I should say. I just. I would love to know what they did. You know, I guess we could file a Freedom of Information Act if we if we really really wanted to know, but we'll never get yeah. it because you're right. Nobody does NCAA violations better than Alabama, and I. I know somebody's going to want to. I don't want to turn this into an Ole Miss thing because no Alabama coach is going to tweet, "Hey, if you got violations, send yeah. them over." <laughs> Well, Saban Nick Saban's not even on Twitter. Yeah, I was yeah. About to ask we don't that. have to worry about that. So that's not going to happen. But let's be honest here. I'm putting my tinfoil hat on, and I see the black helicopters outside of my window, but nobody at all is going to do any kind of digging on this, just like nobody did for Bo Davis. This will not become a thing because oh, no. the NCAA doesn't want it to become a thing. Well, I, one thing I think with that, like I just said with Alabama, is they sort of learned the lesson of on the small stuff, just get it out there and take the punishment and get it over with. Suspend the player, fire the coach, don't hide on the small stuff. Now the big stuff, yeah, we're going to have to do what we have to do. But something, if it's just as simple as we can fire this coach and they'll accept that, that coach is gone. If it's just we just have to suspend this player and it's it's going to blow over, that player is suspended. Nothing is allowed to stand in the way of the machine. Is the timing that, that's weird? That's a lesson deal? so people can learn. Seems like weird timing. It's because it will go away in two days. Nobody's going to... It's perfect. Alabama does this perfectly. And there's nobody in the media that's, gonna, that's going to, to follow up on this. Nobody. Not one. Nobody. Nobody in the national media. Nobody in the local media. Nobody is going to follow up on this. Their tracks are too well covered, even though in this case they got caught somehow. Their tracks are too well covered for anything to come from this. And in two days, the timing's perfect. Because in two days, they're going to play in a playoff game and nobody's going to remember that this happened. It is perfection. Yeah. Media days it's, passed, it's, I'm it's assuming. It's like the Friday news dump, you know? Nobody's going to ask Nick Saban about media days. You don't think no. anybody's going to ask? I think it's already passed, well, no, yeah, so it's a moot point. Yeah, R- you don't think right. anybody's going to ask the question? They'll, they'll ask the question. Nope. Not in the big room. It, not in the room that everybody it, sees. Somebody, I bet, you, I bet you're wrong. I bet somebody will ask the question, and it will get the, the perfunctory, you know, 
obviously, you know, at Alabama, we're committed to following the rules, blah, 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 and that's why we had to do this. And, uh, you know, I can't comment because it's an ongoing investigation. You know, they're, they're still looking into it, and but I can't comment on it. I point. bet you it's not we an ongoing investigation. On the game's Saturday. It's Thursday. I'm betting the, all the media availability is passed. I could be it's wrong gone. about that. I'm hey, guessing. Yeah, you could be right about I that, think too. It, I think it's probably gone. I don't know. I guess we could look it up. Because they know how to do this better than everybody else, but also... Alabama, like we talked about, is one of those, in my opinion, protected programs. Nick Saban, you have Colin Cowherd going on national radio shows saying that Alabama does not cheat in recruiting. Cowherd does think that not everybody cheats. That's a wild and take. It's, it's completely false. No, Nick Saban is not picking up his phone and, and dialing up recruits, asking how much money they need. But there are players on Alabama's roster, a lot of them, and apparently three of them got caught doing it, that receive extra benefits. Nobody's and, going and, and to that's check. Just this. Not surpri- it's not surprising to anybody with a brain, you know. Right? Yeah. Alabama che- Insert college football program name here. Cheats. I mean, it's the truth. And this, like I said, this is the Alabama is trying to teach everybody else a lesson. The small stuff. Get out in front of it. If you got a fire coach, I mean, go go back in time to the beginning of this Ole Miss thing, right? If. In January, you know, of January of 2015, Ole Miss just says, "Hey, we 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 got a little because they, you know, they had to have some idea of what was going on. They knew they were being investigated. If they just fire Barney Farrar, then what is it different? Probably, probably. But they held on to tight, too tight. They, they decided everybody had to go down with the ship, and here we are. Well, and then em- embellishing what was in the first NOA to all the yeah. media a couple days before well, you I mean, knew it again, was going to go public. But just I, just get the small stuff out of the way and take the take the bullet and move on. Yeah, but instead you got decapitated. Yeah, it's, Ole Miss is just so different because of that. I, I if this was those are all hardly Virginia Tech, cases though. If this was Virginia oh, Tech, right, it, but- it'd be different. Alabama's protected. I don't know why. I have a feeling why. You know why. But they're protected. Nothing's going to come from this. Because they do it better than everybody else. More coming up at Sports Talk in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Back on Sports Talk Mississippi. It's a Thursday afternoon. Borky and the Bryans with you. Paul in Cleveland continuing our conversation about the Alabama players being suspended due to NCAA violations. Says, why would Auburn not check into it? Maybe they are. But I was more talking about the media. Because if if past precedent tells you anything, nobody's going to care. Nobody cared about Bo Davis. Google Bo Davis. Find the articles of deep investigations on why Bo Davis got fired at Alabama. You can't find any. Does Auburn have an updike? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Alabama doesn't really have any trees to poison, though. I mean, they've got them on campus. It's a nice campus enough, but like, in order to to hit Alabama where it hurts, you're going to have to like take a bulldozer to, to Denny Chimes or something. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you that that's that's the the issue. I don't know if it's an issue, but that that's what cracks me up about all of this. And it's sports media, and all of you listening consume sports media because that's what we are right now. And I. I'm sure that we're not the only ones. You you get up and put on the SEC network in the morning or you follow the right reporters on Twitter or maybe listen to some podcasts. I don't know what you do, but I promise you this, even if it's tiny, 
will not be checked, will not be investigated, will not be covered like investigations into other schools. I'm not even talking about Ole Miss. Other schools that have been under NCAA investigation or have had players suspended by the NCAA, this will not go anywhere close to as checked as any of those other schools. It's happened in the past, and it's going to happen in the future so long as Nick Saban is the head coach at Alabama. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to ask. They are protected. And I guess that's a trend in sports because watching basketball the other night, you have examples of stars getting calls. I hate that concept because the call should be the call regardless of who is holding the basketball at the time, but LeBron James gets away with stuff and gets foul calls that other players don't because of who he is. I understand that. Watching James Harden get officiated is it's pathetic. so frustrating. It's painful. It is so this, painful. This, is be, this goes beyond sports, though. I mean, in this world, there's, there yeah. are just certain people who have rights and privileges that you don't. And this is how it is. Yeah, and you can either accept it or not. Yeah, and that, that is how it is. But next time somebody tries to tell you that, well, Alabama's different, they're wrong. They're just protected. They're not any different than anybody else in college football. They're just protected. Don't fool yourself. I am not fooled. I I am 100%. <laughs> I'm locked in. Got football going on right now. It's still a it's a 14 to 3 game now. Wisconsin in Miami. You have a final from earlier in the day. David Cutcliffe, who now owns half of Duke football's bowl wins. Half. He owns Does half Steve of their Spurrier bowl. Does Steve have the other half? Probably so. Um, yeah, the 99 years of Duke football before he arrived saw the same amount of bowl wins that he has had since 2012. Just a remarkable career he's had at a school that does not care at all. Plus, that man owns the Independence Bowl. Yes, sir. Is he 4-0 now in the Independence Bowl? Something like that? Something like 3-0, that. 3-0, 4-0? I said earlier in the show, hey, Dad, that find you somebody that loves you the way David Cutcliffe loves the Independence Bowl. He, he is the king of the shreveport Bozier City uh, Metroplex. He's number one. Our friend Bunky Perkins is number two. Scored 42 unanswered points in that game. 56-27 finals there. impressive. And Baylor and Vanderbilt tonight from NRG Stadium. SEC, yeah. You got Wisconsin-Miami right now, and I don't know why I found this amusing. I have it up on the screen, but every single one of Miami's defensive players is wearing sleeves, and I think one player on Wisconsin's offense has sleeves on. Oh, that's on. the game and it's, in it's the Bronx. it's freezing cold, yeah. Yeah, it's at the Yankee Stadium. That's... That, that game last year, those two teams played each other in the Orange Bowl last year. Wisconsin was 12-1, and one, and yeah, Miami was, what, 10-3. and three. You had Paul, And now they're in the pinstripe bowl. You had Paul Christ mocking the turnover chain, right? That yes, was that which game. was fantastic. That was great. But it's like, what, what, what happened? You know, MSU fans, you know, and, and uh, I'm among that group. It's like, you know, this season in Starville may be a little disappointing. But then you look at Wisconsin and Miami. Preseason top 10, they're in the pinstripe, but they're playing in a baseball stadium two days after Christmas in New York City where it's freezing cold. <laughs> Maybe a little perspective. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been worse. Uh, that's for sure. The SEC <laughs> so much worse. <laughs> the SEC does get their start tonight. They've got 11 teams in bowl games this year, and 
That gets kicked off today. You've got Auburn and Purdue and South Carolina, Virginia. No, Auburn and Purdue is the only SEC team tomorrow, and then South Carolina, Virginia, and Michigan, Florida are the early games on Saturday. Uh, That is where the SEC gets kicked off. By the way, I saw this a little bit earlier. I don't know what to make of this, truthfully. The Orange Bowl, Alabama, Oklahoma, is the cheapest get-in price since 2015. The second cheapest get-in price, I have the number $70 down. It's actually now down in the 50s in college football playoff history. Alabama and Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. You can get in, not for an arm and a leg anymore, but I mean for your electric bill this month. I wonder why that is. The outcome is preordained. Still a playoff game, though. Well, I mean, if you're an Alabama fan, you're probably looking at it in terms of, we're going to win this game. I'm going to save my money and go to the national title game. If you're an Oklahoma fan, you're like, we have no chance to win this game. So why am I going to drive or fly all the way to Miami? I mean, there's something to that, in my opinion, especially the Alabama side of it. You know? You 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 want to save that money up for the, the national championship game is in California this year in Santa Clara, one of the most expensive places in America to go. You know, that's a tough trip back to back, you know. So I envy the people that are financially capable of going to both playoff games. Oh yeah, could you imagine that life? Nice. A bold trip well, in Miami would be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Speaking, I, I didn't go to the Orange Bowl a few years back when State went, but my friends who went, they said it was it was a good time. I don't think I would fit in in Miami. I don't know if that's that's my crowd. I don't think I've ever put gel in my hair. You know, I'm not a product guy. Not like a gold chain cigar on South Beach type of guy. No, but I do. I did bring some Cuban cigars back from Jamaica though. That I am don't, don't, saving is that for a illegal? good time. Or is that legal? Are you allowed to say that on the air? You're allowed to do that now. We found that out because we, I mean, they were obviously quite expensive. And after we bought them, like two days later, we were getting ready to pack our stuff up. And I thought, oh my God, I can't bring these back to America. And, and then they let you. It, it was like $200 worth of cigars. And we looked it up and there was something that was done a few years ago where you can bring Cuban cigars back into the States because... My bags didn't even go checked. I mean, they didn't even open them. Uh, so I've got a handful of Cuban cigars that I'm saving for, for a special occasion. I don't know what for. Maybe St. Super Bowl Sunday. Knock on wood if they make it. But real authentic Cubans that I got in Jamaica. At least that's what they told me. Richard, I mean, they're probably telling you the truth. Probably They're probably telling you the truth. Well, when I looked up the, the company, and it is in Cuba, for whatever that may be worth. Our dear friend Will East returned from his honeymoon and reported back that he saw a lot of... We hadn't had an animal Thunderdome type deal in a while. I saw a lot of iguanas. Um, said those things are actually pretty vicious. See, I never saw one. I don't know if they're not in Jamaica or what, but I, I was so disappointed. I well, thought remember, like I was going to be able to... the Caribbean. He went to Mexico, despite what his travel agent told him. So we think. Now, you weren't here for that, Borky. That's right. No, what you, missed, uh, that. you missed this. Will, you missed it where he didn't know he was going to Mexico until two days before the trip. Will thought he was, he thought yeah. he was going to the Caribbean. It just kind of casually threw it out Wait, there. That, w- yeah, that's what we said. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We may need uh, but, longer to wait, revisit this. Wait, what? He, 
he literally did not know where he was going his wife on his either. honeymoon. And his wife didn't either. And they found out a couple of days before that they weren't going to the Caribbean. They were going to uh, Cancun. And they were just kind of cool with it. It was just kind of a, you know, small diversion. Slight tweak to the game plan. This, this happened. I'm, we're not making this up. This yeah. happened while you were gone. I, I'm so confused. I have so many questions. I imagine and the first they one were is too. how he's around. If you need to talk to him, I, I need to go find him. Get him in here. Quinn suggests that I put them in a humidor because they'll dry out. I don't have one. I, I've truthfully, I, I'm not a big cigar guy. I've never, I've never had a cigarette in my life. I, I've just never been a one of those people. But I do enjoy a cigar, like in celebratory fashion. Like after I graduated college, I had a couple. I guess I need to invest in one of those if I'm spending that kind of money on a cigar. Yes. Yeah, you do. Yeah, if you spent $200 on cigars, get a humidor. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.